Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. So funky. <laughs> you we can hear you. Oh my god. Still don't know how to do it after all this time. Use camera allow. Start. Hi. <laughs> Use camera allow. Oh my God. Look at Curls, curly hair, girls. Curly hair. You. Hang on. Oh my gosh. Last time I saw you, you were moving to LA. Right. We were in a bar. Didn't we we randomly run into each other? Yes. We were down like by Bleecker. Like down the West Village, and we randomly ran to each other, and then we I was went- having a shit night. I was so sad, and I, you were too. Yeah, we. I think we both got dumped. Something like that. <laughs> I want to say right. that we had both simultaneously <laughs> been dumped. And we were just like a toast to us. <laughs> oh my god, you cheered me up so much. Uh, it was on McDougal Street. I remember. Yes, we, I think we really. I think we went to um, the Olive Tree. Which is right above. Yes. Which is the, right the above the comedy, uh, the comedy seller. Yeah. I should have put makeup on. I'm sorry. No, I only do this for my own, like, okay. fighting depression. Like, I literally. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I know it helped. That's why I should have <laughs> like, myself brush my teeth, something. That's all this is about. So Go every ahead. episode we talk about a particular topic. So, mm-hmm. like, side effects of da da da. Um, and so I felt like it would be apropos to do side effects of songwriting with Oh, you. wow. That's yeah, really cool. Like, you be like writing, writing, you know? <laughs> Just making shit up, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Pretending. I don't know what happens. <laughs> Can I get a real job? No. So this is what I do. Just making shit up. <laughs> Make it up. <laughs> That really like touched my heart because <laughs> you know why? Because like everyone takes everything they do so seriously, and it's like, oh my god, yes, like we're not bullshitting, but you know, people be like Amanda, like where do you find the inspiration for your craft and like the and I'm just with like, this, yes, just like <laughs> all of this, like where do you find like, the inspiration for your craft and like the connectivity that you have to the world? I'm just like, man, um, that's a hard question. Like I don't know, is it right? Like, right? So like where does yeah. is God real? I don't know. I, don't know. I just what? just yeah. making it up. I don't as I go along. Literally. And I feel like, so in our talking about songwriting, you know, so I, let me just say this. <laughs> oh God. We both wore yellow today. I know. Look at us. 
Let me tell y'all. Emily King opened on the poetry <laughs> tour. And I yeah. But we had met before. I, I feel think like we did. Passing before. I want to say we met at this random outdoor park event in Harlem. And I feel like that's when you were like, oh, I'm going to be opening for Floetry. I wow. feel like that may be it, but I know that we had met before. And then like Jeremy, who you write a lot with, like yeah. or you, you still do, you did, you did. You yeah. Did. Yeah. We collaborate okay. all the time. Mm-hmm. So Jeremy had like played guitar for me a few times. This is back in my singing days. Oh, guys. hell yes. Yeah, hell yes. I, was, I was trying to be a singer. Girl, <laughs> you were killing it. I was trying. I was trying. The, the, the music industry killed me. And so that's a conversation I also want us to have because. Thank God it's changed. Yeah. And Somewhat. so that's what I, because. I feel like when you opened for us on the Floetry tour, like you had like your fans, you know, and you have really built like an organic fan base. In Did a way- I have fans then? Yes, I believe you had fans then. I think those were hired actors. It was part of my uh, development deal budget. So <laughs> tell me this. How did you get your first deal? Because I feel like you have a quote-unquote indie vibe. You know what I mean? It's an indie vibe. <laughs> but I don't know if you're actually independent, but you got an indie vibe, you know? Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to... Yeah, it's, it's all a front. I'm a daughter of a billionaire. Fair. Billionaire jazz singer. Singers. Um, how did I get... To, well, I wanted it all, right? In the beginning, as a kid, you want to be a star. And I, I just kind of like started making demos at home and I eventually got through my mother. Thank you. Shout out to mom. I got it into the hands of um, this wonderful guy, Bill Brown, who worked at ASCAP, who got it into the hands of Chucky Thompson, who is like famed uh, bad boy hitman. Yes. Love Chucky so much. And Chucky, he really mentored me. Um, there was like two or three years where we were just shopping around to labels so we would go to the labels and have meetings and um eventually we got to Clive Davis long story endless and I sang for him I think he was half awake and (laughs) and then I got signed you know I got signed to this development deal with J Records I didn't really know what that was for those folks who don't know J Records was was where Alicia was right Yes. Okay. Yes. She, uh, so we both had the same A&R, um, Peter Edge, who, you know, was a really enthusiastic music fan, but I was just so young and confused and impressionable and just did what everybody else told me to do. What are some of the things that people would tell you, particularly around like the music that you should be writing? Um, it was a lot of trial and error. I mean, there was, it, it was a, learning experience because I would get in the studio with whoever wrote the biggest hit of the day because everyone was always chasing that. And you'd get in and you'd be like, well, this, this doesn't fit me at all, but let's try it out. You know, start rapping, <laughs> start, start rapping, you know, trying to picture best. you in the studio. Like, yo, turn me up. <laughs> turn me up. Yo, turn me up. Uh, 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 I never got past that much. <laughs> I could, I can't do it. Oh God. I'm, I'm sweating thinking about the cringy things that I've done in my life. Oh God. But it's all with like the effort of enthusiasm and you're just like, 
I feel like in those situations, you're like, well, I don't know. I don't know better than these people. So like, I have to try. Yes. That's exactly what I thought. Even you though know? you actually do, like, you know better about you, but no one empowers you to think that. <laughs> no, one's, no one empowers you to think that. No, not when, I don't know, some, I just like, don't remember. I mean, I did have definitely certain people, but everyone has sort of their own best interests at heart, you know, which is, it's not like, I, I totally understand that. That's why you just have to be strong. So I was learning how to be strong by being weak first, which is Fair. my favorite thing to do. <laughs> and <laughs> I learned the hard way, it, you know, and it was just so, it was such a, such a movie. It was such a cliche, the whole thing, you know, the hairstylist gets paid before the musicians. And I, I mean, the delicious sushi dinners were fantastic. And the and you found the car out that- services- you know, you have like an appointment around the corner and you ride in a limousine. I mean, and you there's... find out you're paying for it. Yeah. And then, right. Then you get the bill. Then you don't get paid for your record for, <laughs> until you're, you're 87 like, years old. What happened here? <laughs> right. I should have ordered more rolls, sushi rolls. <laughs> right. Right. If I was paying for <laughs> So when do you think the tide started to turn? For you as a songwriter, because I feel like I saw your music shift. Like at first, I feel like it it felt not not pop is not the word, but it felt more. It wasn't even R and B. I feel like you had more of like a soul vibe. It was like mm. it was soul, and mm-hmm. then, it, but it was more like a pop soul kind of energy. No, I know what it was. Okay. It felt more like an R&B soul, whereas I feel like you're in this other space now that feels like folk soul, which is some whole other... Oh, okay. Look out. I feel like you... That's because I'm old now. (laughs) Ditto. (laughs) We're here. That's when it gets funny with the folk in it. (laughs) I feel like, you know, the the term that they would have for it is like adult contemporary. But I don't like that because... Don't like that either. I don't like that. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like do like Nora came out and did an album and it was cute, but like you had been doing that. Oh, you're sweet. I remember when Nora came out because everyone at the label had like a clipboard with exactly what she did to get. And it's like all all it should have said was like she went and made music that she likes. <laughs> and that's what you know, that's what y'all are missing here. So yeah, but that was, that was amazing. So how did the shift come? Like, was it? How did the shift? I got, I got fired. I got fired from J records. They dropped me, you know, and it was. What did they give to when they drop somebody? Is it like, you're just not selling enough? Like what? Yes. There was a lot of like, uh, the label was changing and evolving and eventually, uh, dispersed, but basically I did not sell enough records. I got nominated for a Grammy, the record did. And I I just remember I wasn't really as proud of that record as I should have been, you know? So like, I just wasn't like listening to it on the daily. And so that's what I I learned. At the same time, you mentioned Jeremy, who was my production partner and collaborator. He was, he was the side man back then. He was doing gigs and he actually, that floor tree tour was the first time that he did gigs with me. 
And so right around when I got dropped, I started discovering his music as like this incredible producer and he sings, plays everything. And so, you know, he kind of rescued me from the rubble and was just like, we're going to do this. You don't need a big budget. Like we're going to learn how to, he knew how to work the laptop back then. This was like right when MySpace started. Yes. Oh, eight. Right. Yes. And so the internet was becoming a thing and the gatekeepers were less important. You had like direct access with people. And so everything was like shifting around that time. And so he's really the one that taught me, don't put out anything that you don't love. Don't do it, you know, because I always had this desperation around me. Like, you got to put stuff out. You got to stay relevant. You got to get out there. You gotta. And he was like, you know, no one ever remembers the time it takes to make something. But you're going to remember what's out there. You know, you, you got to sleep with that for the rest of your life. Yes. And they'll either applaud it or they'll be like, that was that wasn't good. <laughs> that wasn't good. That wasn't good. So... Well, what, what was different about those songs that you feel like made you proud of them in a way that you weren't of the others? I, I felt like uh, there was a lot of, there was no A&R for one thing. You know, I didn't, I had, I stopped working just, with. Let me just cut you right yeah, there. Yeah. For just the sake of folks, like, can you explain what the role of an A&R is yes because I feel like yes. we all hear about ANRs and it's like, right what exactly is an ANR and what are they supposed to do artists and repertoire I believe it's so they they scout um, musicians to sign to the label and and they find artists they develop the artists they often will couple the artists with songwriters and producers and and so, sort of sculpt the situation which. You know, I mean, there's been successful versions of that. And I really learned a lot from from being in that situation. But the one thing about it is you always have somebody giving their opinion about your creative process or whatever it is that you're making. And so after I got dropped from the label, it was just me. I had to answer to me, which was also a pain in the ass. But, you know, you... Basically, like, what is, what do I like? A hundred percent me, you know, without asking, do you think that this is the right, you know, drum like what? having to, is yes. that something having to be like the, the bottom line, like the executive decision maker, like you want it and then you get it and you're like, what that means that this is whack. I'm the only one to blame. <laughs> Yes. You see how I blamed everybody else in the starting <laughs> Right, right, right. <laughs> You're da- it's so right. It's, oh, it's that scary too. So I did, certainly wasn't by myself. I should say Jeremy was a big influence on me. And I trusted his opinion. He, he was very frank uh, when he didn't like something. And I was, that taught me to be stronger in my opinion because I, in those moments, I would stand with what I believe. I said, you know, I, this is has to be the verse here. I just feel that way. And you know, because it just hurts, you know, when, when like someone is telling you it's yes. what it shouldn't be. And it, you're like, this, I'm going to punch you. <laughs> you don't know. You don't know <laughs> my heart. I'm going to punch you. <laughs> yeah, you don't know. <laughs> and in those moments, it, it becomes like this physical reaction and you have to follow that. And so he's... You know, he taught me that a lot of the times we agreed with, with, we were on the same page, which was really great. So I really attribute a lot of like 
me just surviving to Jeremy because I was really down and out at that point. So there's a lot of music people, right? There's artists, there's, you know, performers. I delineate between the two. Um, Mm -hmm. There's, there's folks who sing songs that other people write and there's no shade to that, but songwriters are crafting in a different way and with a different process. When did you begin to write songs? I, I started, my mother was working on a project and she's a musician and she had a producer who was at the house. And I remember he would like put on a track, like just a drum track or something. And I remember thinking like, Oh, I I could probably come up with something over that. You know, like I could probably. Are you like seven, 17? Um, I was like 15 at that point. Mm -hmm. And so I, so I started taking guitar lessons because I always wanted to sing, you know, something around the campfire and like Lauren had her miseducation album out and I, you know, and I was like, I just want to do that. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) That was so, so good. And so that sort of, once I learned like three chords, I sort of started improvising and I just enjoyed, you know, especially what I realized, because when I was younger, I always knew I wanted to be a singer because my parents are singers. But I I tried like belting like Mariah and Whitney would come on and I'd be like, Ugh, you know, I couldn't do what they did. I tried. I was like, <laughs> Most people can't. But I just realized, hey, I can write a song that fits my voice, that makes my voice sound good. When Instead I of trying to sing all these other songs. I relate to this so crazy. <laughs> I used to really? really be down in my basement, like, and I, like, I used to be, yeah, yeah. And then, yes. like, in the background. And I remember when I was trying to do music, I'm not gonna say trying, I did music and I was, you down. did it. Oh, but yeah. I did music and I remember recording a song and I was so proud of it. And when I, I was like, I asked my mom, I'm like, come downstairs, listen to this, listen to this, come downstairs, listen to this. <laughs> And I play her the song and she's like, I find you singing hard. Oh no. Hard, hard, hard. (laughs) Hold on. Let me let the dog out. (laughs) Oh, that is so cute. It is hard to play stuff for mom and grandmom, I should say. My mom could have been an A&R. Like my mom, no, (laughs) my mom could have been an A&R because my- She's got the demeanor. My uncles were all musicians. So like wow. they ended up being like professionals, but like my uncle came to live with her when he was 15 and he had a band in the garage. The band was called Minimum Wage. Oh and, shit. And, um, and like, I mean, he went on to become a judge in Grenada, but like he still wow. has a band. Like he's still not like, I'm like- That's band, awesome. Like he's- You he, gotta send me some clips. I will, because it's- yeah. That's a great band name too. Minimum wage. <laughs> and then um and the other band that her other brother had when they were in Grenada was called Teenage Thrillers. So oh, they how cute. Awesome band names. Oh my like, god. Thrillers and minimum wage. But I so I, I I remember, you know, I went to record Man Woman Boogie with Q Tip. Mm. And he played me. He was like, this is the hook. And I was like, getting down is something to do between <laughs> <and man." laughs> He was like, yes. 
let's <laughs> let's bring it down a notch. And oh, I was man. like, okay, getting down at something. And he was like, more. And I was like, getting down at something. He's like, more. I'm like, damn, what if what? So then finally, I just went extreme. And I was like, getting down at something to do between woman and man. He was like, oh, that that's cool. He was like, that's your pocket. And that's I was awesome. like, what? <clears throat> And that opened the door for me, but I feel like it's so dope to hear you say that because I think a lot of folks feel like if you're not singing like Jasmine Sullivan, then it's a wash. And it's right. like, no, there's tone, there's tone and there's space. Right. Like your voice is just like, I don't know, oh. like your voice is just air. Like <laughs> in a way that I've, I've never heard air before. I'm like, I'm, I'm, always, that. I'm always dizzy. <laughs> just about to pass out <laughs> oh my god that is such a good point i've, I've actually been taking vocal, vocal lessons just like recently and one of the things that i learned was i was like i'm not taking enough breath in at the start of the phrase and he was like no you're just letting a lot out <laughs> i was like why I'd be listening and I'm like, how do you get all of that air out and still hit the note? It comes out through my nose, my ears, like it's coming out, you know? Like it's literally like, you keep like I can't do it. And that takes control though. Because your vocal cords are having to really like hold that. And that is special. Thank you. I, you know, it's interesting because I'm still learning about, I mean, still, I'm I'm learning about my voice. I'm trying to like, I'm trying to figure out how to control it and how to, you know, because just like you said, like, I'm, I think as artists, we always compare ourselves to everybody else, right? So like, I'll go see a, a juggler and I'll be like, ah, I should have been a juggler. Fuck. <laughs> You know, or like somebody in my mind, and I'm like, what? They're so great. Why am I doing this? And it's always this, like, you're always taking the best things. And I think, I think that's, you know, that's, that's like kind of good to, to want to be better, but you got to cut yourself some slack. Listen, my, my (laughs) man turned to me yesterday and in full consternation went, babe, how come I'm not good at NBA 2K, yo? And I'm like, <laughs> like sad, really upset. Like he, had, he was like thinking, like I caught him like think and thought. Mm, and I was like, hey, right. what are you thinking about? And he was just like, I just don't, <laughs> I just don't understand. I'm like, but what did you tell him? I was like, but you're not a gamer. <laughs> right. He's like, no, it's IQ. It's game IQ. He was like, I have played. Ba- I played basketball for like he's played basketball for various leagues. I mean, he's a baller, and he was just like, I just feel like I should be able to figure this out. And like, right, like right. he's an artist, like he's a producer and an audio engineer. And I feel like, to your point, it's just like yeah. you want to be better. Yeah, and, and you're always yeah, and you're always looking at a way to like to like. Uh, enlighten your insecurity. Like, how can I highlight the things that make me feel bad about myself? Awesome. You know, let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> let's do it. Which I'm trying to, I'm trying to figure, COVID, man, so much self-reflection during this these times. A bit too much. A little, it's a little much. Um, life is a little rude right now. 
It's just loud in its silence. Loud. Oh, that's beautiful. Yes, it is. It is loud and silent. <laughs> loud and silent. <laughs> loud and silent. Yay! Yes. How has that not been done? <laughs> I don't know. Wait for a second. I thought your headphone was like a crossbody with a crossbody purse strap. Like, why did she put on a purse? Why did she put on a purse? Where is she? What is she? What's she, what she about to do? I've never had a purse with a thin strap. I'm more of a thick strap purse, thick but strap I really—it's very—it's very dainty and sweet, and I think I will try to get one. Now yeah, I mean, I feel like it would be a look. I mean, not it's that cute. you're going anywhere because you're in New York, to my knowledge, and y'all ain't going. Out of nowhere. Especially today, it's like the biggest snowstorm in history or something. Bullshit. It's crazy out, it's crazy out there. Bullshit. It's like two feet of snow. <laughs> no, y'all need to understand yes, that sir. every year New Yorkers are like, oh my God, this is the biggest snowstorm. I'm biggest right snowstorm in history. No, this is. It this ends is up the- snowing three inches, then it's- it melts. Do you miss New York? No. <laughs> Tell me, tell me you do, please. You don't regret your decision? What I miss about New York, there's like moments. Like when Biden won, I missed New York. Because you miss the fact that we're all in this space together. And so we're celebrating. You know, like when... when Prince passed away, like I was in mm-hmm. LA, you know, and I wish I could have celebrated that with the city. I like, was in LA too for the when that. You know happened. what I'm saying? Yeah. So like mm-hmm. it's like those moments because nobody does those moments like New York. And I mm-hmm. think for what it's worth, like I do miss just the concentratedness of things and like being able to like go places. But it's right. like like what like what like I always tell my dude when we're watching movies, I'm like. Cause that's all we basically do at this point. Right. You just like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, every time it's a New York movie, I'm like, Oh, that's, and that's right. Oh, right. And I like <laughs> feel a sense of pride, you know, of course, of course, you know, these places, but yeah. I, I took me a minute to miss New York because like when I left New York, I was done. With- I, I caught you right when you left. And I was like, I was so excited for you. Cause it's hard to leave New York. It makes you, want to stay because your identity is so wrapped up in being a New Yorker. And you think there's nowhere else you can live. I mean, you're just like, where do I live? Where the fuck else do I live now? (laughs) And then you go live somewhere else and you're like, how was I doing that? Like Do you love it there? Should I come out? Yeah, come out. Here's the thing about LA. LA is what you make it in a way that New York makes you. So like mm-hmm. New York is New York. You either figure it out or you don't and it will run right. you out. LA right. has so many enclaves of like spaces that you can like make your own. Like, I mean, we. That's um, a good point. You know, I we can live, see that. We live, you know, in a particular area right now that is very different from where I want to move. Right. Mm-hmm. And, like, I wouldn't say that there's much of that in New York. Like, how much, you know what I'm saying? Like, Harlem is Harlem yeah. and Brooklyn, but at the end of the no, day. No, garbage is garbage. Like, you know, <laughs> this garbage or this one. These yeah. rats, those rats. Which <laughs> basically, rats? basically. You know, like, I mean, in Brooklyn, yeah. you're going to get more West Indian stores. Like, that's, I mean, there's, like, kind of stuff like that. Yeah. So, but I will say, like, 
for open space and for nature. Mm-hmm. Like I love, I mean, of in course, so old, important. In my oldness, I reached a point where I just needed mm-hmm. nature, like for my art and like open space for my art. Yes. So good. So good for the soul. Yeah. I mean, I was listening to a podcast that said, just, just pictures of plants are good for you. The first thing doesn't I even have to be real. The first thing I noticed is that you have like green. Look, you can tell how crazy I'm going. Every every time, every breakdown is a plant. Broke down, got that one. <laughs> so that's how I measure them. That's how I measure. So okay, this is a, that's a good way to. That's a good for, question that form. Do you write more when you are in a happy space or when you're in a breakdown space? Hmm. Man, I, I, it's, or is there I any think, difference? Yeah, I think, um, well, I've, I've been, honestly, it's been a hard time. I mean, obviously for everyone, but, um, I've had moments where I'm crying and I'm just like, really now I'm supposed to write a song. Like this is, this is kind of, it's like the, the last thing you want to do when you're feeling sorry for yourself is like become a champion and make a song or, or whatever people tell you, you know, but, but at the same time, music has been such a relief from concern for, for me to just sit there because I've been doing the meditation apps too, but you can also just play a song to get out of your, your worries and fears. And I, I forgot, I actually forgot that I've been sitting here in silence. That's my problem. I'm just like, if I can't find a show on Netflix in five minutes, I'm just sitting here on Instagram in silence. And that is not good. So I, I'm like, music, use it. I don't think enough people know how funny you are. I don't, I don't, wouldn't call myself funny. I'm calling you funny and I'm a comedian. So (laughs) if I call you funny, that's like, well, now I don't think it's all downhill (laughs) because dry humor is my favorite humor and you are the Sahara. Like, (laughs) but as we're doing this podcast, Em, I'm just like, Emily is fucking delightful and people need to know. Girl, I was so excited to talk to you because you lit me up in that bar. That's like seven years ago. I, I can vividly imagine us there at, sitting at the bar for like two hours. Yes. Just like and it was raining. Dying. I remember it was raining. It was like, I remember like, I, I don't even know why I was down there. Yeah. And we're like, I was like, Alan? And you're like, Amanda? And we're like, I'm like, what are you doing? You're like, nothing. I'm like, nothing. problems. And it was like, yeah. I was nothing like, let's, let's shelter from our problems in here. I mean, I love those moments. I'm so well, grateful so for organic, that. Right? Like, they're just very, yes. I mean, I think that's part of what makes this such a difficult time, especially as a songwriter mm. and creative, is like the organic moments we create from are so limited. Mm-hmm. in their variant. Oh, wow. That's interesting. That's right. Yeah. Everything, we're kind of living vicariously through our, our the in media and entertainment that we have. And, and yeah. I mean, I guess essentially like this is when imagination should, <laughs> should kick should, in. Yeah. <laughs> but Can we I, all be children right now? Yeah. I've had to genuinely make a concerted effort 
Yes. Literally like to like get your imagination going, Amanda, like get it going. Yes. And how do you do so? Um, I've been just watched. Well, to your point, it hasn't been that I've been living vicariously through the entertainment I've been watching, but I've been purposely watching stuff that I feel like is jump starting my mind. I've been watching a lot of, yes. anime, a lot of Fran Lebowitz because. Oh, how cute was that show? <laughs> well, then I went back and watched public speaking, which is 10 years old. And so, oh. and she's like, there were clips in the new, uh, you know, pretended where it's pretended to city. There were clips mm-hmm. from her interviews with Toni Morrison in there, but then in public speaking, they show like way longer stuff. And it's, and it's I gotta see heavy. that. And you get to see the rapport between them, um, yeah. which was really dope. But like, I've been watching. So to your point, I was doing a lot of the silent stuff. Like I was mm-hmm. just in silence. Mm-hmm. And now I make it a point. Like I watch something every day. Like I watch something every day. Yes. But like things that, that you learn from. Yeah. Sound, like watch, it sounds like. It's, well, it's yeah. a variety. It might be things I learn from. It might be something that I know that I like. Yeah. I oh. know that I like this. And you can just do that for you. Yes. As a self-care. Yes. Yes. Then, so as a visual artist, mm-hmm. I've been forcing myself, because when I do visual art, it jumpstarts every other creative space for me, whether it's like writing or like humor, it kind of- well, like, we just That's such a good point. I just want to say thank you for reminding me because we think often as songwriters, you just got to sit down at the piano or whatever, and just focus and just spit out a song. But oftentimes other things will kickstart this creative process, walking, painting, cooking. Yes. So I uh, thank you for that. Well, I've had to just kind of like, we just don't have the same. I think we took a lot. I'm not going to say we took it for granted, but I think we just didn't realize how, particularly if you live in a city like New York, you are just, mm-hmm. It's a feast of inspiration every day, right? Like right. choose for it to be, right? Like if you right. go out, you can you That's can be true. stumped. You can be stumped and be like, <laughs> you know what? Let me just leave the fucking house. Something's gonna hit me. Literally. And, go outside Physically. With and then you ha- and then you see some shit and you're like, aha, you know? But like yes. that doesn't get to happen when you're just like in the house. So you have to yes. start trying to find creativity in these other spaces and for some reason like the visual art stuff has been a jumpstart for me so like I've been finding ways to like weave it into other stuff I'm doing so like I do smart funny and black which is my virtual show and normally mm-hmm. I would just make a regular ass flyer and call it a day but instead I was like hmm maybe try and do like an artsy flyer hey right and that gives you a reason to create yes and get to- yes beautiful so I, this is like a, tra- it's a training period that we're in. I think, you so. know, it's like, we, I was laying in bed the other day and I said, nobody is coming to help me right now. No, no <laughs> this not. is what grown up life is. And I think I've, I think, well, personally, I've managed to avoid myself all of these years because I've been distracted by work and I have things that do, do, do. And here I am, I, honestly, I'm alone for the first time. In my whole life. Like, I'm living by myself for the first time in my whole and life. And you're used to being on tour, which is I, also different. Yes. I'm used to having a schedule and, like, talking to people and just... It's just always something keeping me from myself. Yeah. Yeah, from... from, And so I'm, 
you know, and of course, I'm not alone in this. This is a crazy time for everyone. But I'm trying to do what you're doing is like have deliberate things throughout the day to keep you engaged and to keep your mind from mush and to, you know, inspire the creative process if it's not coming from outside sources. Let me tell you something. Yeah. I have an app called Wheel Decide. W, it's not even an app. It's a dot com. It's W H E E L decide. Oh, it's like, it's like a, like a wheel of fortune wheel. And mm-hmm. you can put in different information there that you want to spin. So I have put in that wheel decide different types of clothing. So shorts, jeans, all black, <laughs> crop tops, boards, dress. And I press wheel decide every morning and uh-huh. it tells me what I should wear today. And it like, because it makes it fun. Like today, I'm like, okay, I have to come up with an outfit for jeans. And it's like, no one's going to see this outfit. That is so cute. It's just the little games that we play to like keep our creativity engaged. And I know something like that can seem very banal, but it's like, no, that forces me to use my brain in a creative way. And it helps you make a decision. There you go. Real. <laughs> which, which is like, it's, a, it's, a hard, it's hard to make a decision You're going sometimes. in the living room. Yes. Usually if you're going somewhere, you can make right. a decision based on how far you're going to have to walk from the car. Is it going to be chilly? Who are you meeting? You're going in the living right. room. Right. What do I wear today? What do I wear? I, I went and bought jogging clothes because I've always had makeshift jogging clothes which is like jeans, yes, you know, and you a, sweat, a sweatshirt. Jeans? <laughs> <laughs> yes, because I have body issues and I never really had proper. I I wore spandex for the first time this winter. Okay, but what I'm learning for about the first myself, time publicly, yes. I need you to know that my my yes. my 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 second album is literally called Spandex Rhymes and Soul because that's all I wore publicly for like two years. I'm late to the game. I'm late to the game. I felt, I realized, you know, when you step out of the house, you think everyone's staring at me. Nobody Nobody's is caring me. about you. Maybe they're going to judge you for a couple of seconds. Sure. But they move on with their day. You know what? They're not judging you. They're envious. They're like, oh. I should be wearing oh. Oh. They're more comfortable than I thought. And why would I bring this up? Because it, and it enabled me to jog without an excuse. I didn't have to decide. I put out the clothes the night before and the next day it's an easy decision. And yeah. so I'm trying to do stuff like that in my life where it's like, cause oftentimes I just get confused. I don't know what to do. Do you, okay, here's, <laughs> but here's the thing. Cause I feel like I've been hearing a lot of this around art because right now, apparently, astrologically, there's a lot of like changing our systems of how we do things. And mm-hmm. I feel like when it comes to like your songwriting, do you, well, okay, I don't know why I said I feel like, but do you feel like when it comes to your songwriting, like you have a process that you like go to every time that you've, mm. that you developed? And if so, mm-hmm. do you feel like that has shifted during this time? Um, Mm. and if not, do you feel like one is forming? What I always do is I always, you know, make a moment in the day. It doesn't have to be four hours. It could be 20 minutes of recording into my voice memo. 
Mm-hmm. I record. I just uh, improvise whatever it is I'm feeling. Um, back to your point, it does make a difference. To you have to feel deeply things, which is you know it's, nobody wants to do that, right? But it really does make for the best music, the most emotive music. So I try to sit down. I try to get into my feelings. But then it's sort of like a, it's like putting a puzzle together because oftentimes the the melody comes and I'll get a hint of a lyric or a concept and then I sort of like I go take a walk and I sing it while I'm walking in the park and then I'll get another lyric and then, you know, I'll take a shower and then something will come. So there's always like, I always have to deliberately say, this is my time to write, to try. And then... I still have the intention that I'm writing all throughout the day I'm writing, yeah. but it's not necessarily sitting at a table or even with an instrument. So it's like, it never, it's never, you're never not writing. You always have to have the intention to be an open door for whatever comes through. You always have to be looking and listening for those ideas to form. And it takes a lot of patience for, for me because oftentimes it's, you know, I, I finally finished a song a week ago um, that I had been working on for months, you know, uh, not always this, that long. But well, what made this particular song take so long to write, do you think? Um, I, sometimes I get stuck on on the language. Sometimes I get stuck on hmm. the the the. Um, honestly, just how to build the story, how. You know, I already said that in the first verse. How do I say this? Do I use if and the? I mean, I'm always scratching things out. And this one particular song, I had a situation that allowed me to finish. I, I went to my friend Ben Kane's studio in Brooklyn, and he had ordered some food. And I said, well, maybe I'll try to finish this song right now since so you eating and stuff. And... I fucking did it. I, I fit. I don't know. If it's probably a terrible song, but I finished it while he was eating Chinese food, and I was like, "This, thank you." You know, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it was like you magic. needed that extra little time. <laughs> I, I needed that time. You know what else? I asked him. I said, "Should I?" Because I was going to call the session, and I said, "Should I finish this?" And he's like, "Yeah, try it." Just that little encouragement. Just a little. I was I would not have done it otherwise, honestly. Thank you, Ben. Thank you, Ben. Thank you, Ben. My dog Shout out to Ben Kane. So demanding. <gasps> How cute. He's so demanding. What is oh my God. What? He's so he's like, happy. He's like, throw this. Throw he's this. like, come on, play with me. Throw this. I didn't really understand that dogs legit would be like, play with me. Dogs, you know, okay, do you find yourself having fun during this whole thing? Because animals know the importance of play and fun. Yes. I mean, sometimes I'm definitely like, we're not having fun today. Today is not a fun. <laughs> that, yeah. Right. But, I, but then when you give yourself over, like, he'll just do a frolic and you're like, you are like legit frolicking. Oh my God. And you're like, let me give into this happiness. You know? I love that so much. He doesn't much. know we're in a pandemic. No. He's like, I'm playing no. 
Christmas ornament. Like, this is a Christmas decoration. That oh, <laughs> he's cute, man. This is and he was I, like, I know you've had this for 15 years, but it's right. now. And this I is perfect for me. Demolished it. Oh, he's so, does he sleep with you? Hell no. No. <laughs> no, he has his own. He's his sleeping. own bed. Right now, he still sleeps in the crate because he is not even one years old. Oh, he needs to be. If he's wild, yeah, he's wild. I mean, yeah, it's good that you're training him because I don't. I have Billy, and he's not trained. Okay, so, and he's too old to do it. Right? No, he's. So. I think eventually, like, I mean, I can see him eventually being able to because, like, when I was in Florida, he slept in the bed with me, but. Mm-hmm. Oh, eat on the bed once, and I was like, Sir, yikes! And he did it like, What's up? It's a bed, like, you know, it's like, How do you dog like see this? Yeah, yeah, no, um, no, because they forget right away that they did it. They're like, What lady? I'm an animal, get the fuck out of here. Like, that's (laughs) right to me how they think. What did you expect? I saw a fox yesterday. <gasps> Ooh. Like right on the other side of like the gate. I have like a hill in my backyard and there's like, a, I saw a fox and I was like, that's oh. exciting. That's exciting. Well, let me tell you, we were literally, me and my man were in an argument and it was just like, no, you know, I think that this is a, there's a fox. Oh my God. There's a fox. <laughs> that, settled, that settled it. <laughs> like, there's a fox. And it's all, it's like, that's irrelevant. There's a fox. And then did you go back to the argument or did I mean, it was cleared up? But once we came back to it, I, I, I wasn't even invested anymore. <laughs> fox saving, saving relationships. Saving them. There was a fox. Yeah. Like, no, I, I get so excited when an animal is not domesticated. I'm like, what? I saw six it's deer run through my me. neighborhood. Six deer ran through my That's neighborhood ex- the other day. Like just ran by. I was like, stampede. But it also made me feel like we're in another time, man. We're yes. Animals are like, we're out here, man. We're out here. Well, remember at the start of COVID, there was all these videos of like animals taking over cities. <laughs> they were like, oh, y'all aren't, y'all aren't going to be out here? Can we be out here now? Right, right, right. So, okay. So tell me about Simi. You're, mm-hmm. you know, you're Grammy nominated again. Oh my God. Do you, I mean, do we care about the Grammys? I think I'm I'm too old to get overly excited about a nomination. But I always appreciate being acknowledged. Gosh, I'm so insecure. I love acknowledgement. But, you know, I understand. I mean, it's, it's like where you have voting members and you have, it's not, it's not a fan voting thing, you know. Right. So ultimately, but, like, thanks, guys. I mean, I voted for Beyonce. I mean, <laughs> so let's be real. The queen. <laughs> you didn't even vote for yourself? Come on. <laughs> I'm working on my insecurity issues here. Um, I don't know. See me. Like, how did it come about? Like, I yeah. mean... It's a like one thing I love about your music is your arrangements are perfect, and I'm gonna tell you that like your arrangements Thank are perfect. Thank you. And Thanks. to me, what what makes your arrangements perfect is they're they're always just the right amount. You know, they're not they're not a Christina Aguilera run, um, which is never. Which I would do if I could. 
but it's my good. It's never. <laughs> I could never. <laughs> it's never. It's never. Your growl though, fucking <laughs> on point. Like I can't do it. <laughs> Like it's just always yes, like, but no your arrangements. Like I know one of the things I have trouble with in my art is like sometimes I feel like I go too far. Like I've had to work, mm, on yeah, knowing. For instance, like I told you when I when my mom was like, "I find you singing very hard," you know, right, and I was like, right. Hey, pull it back, pull it back, pull it back. Like, oh I, yeah, yeah. I did a musical about the Wu Tang, and when I, <laughs> yeah. it's called Mo Better Wu. Yes. Tang records and I turned them into jazz. And when I sent them to my homeboy, he was like, let's work on having dulcet tones. Oh, stop it. No. But it was the perfect note. It was. was? Yes. Because I was like, cash rolls everything around me. And it was like, (laughs) that's not, I know you want that to be your bag. I know you do. But that's your bag. And so then I was like, oh, okay. Cash rules everything around me. Ooh, I like that. Get the money. But I just, I feel like your arrangements do that. Like they are, they prove that you don't need all of this extra for it to cut through. Wow. Thank you. I loved what you just saying. That was so sultry. Thank you. <laughs> Dude, it's so much, there's so much editing. There's so much like self, like, you know, I, I love drafts. I, I try to, because sometimes it, it is that, like sometimes you start out singing very intense, intently, and then you listen back and you're like, that's not what it needs. And so there's a lot of that, like back and forth with, with yourself. And, but this one song, Black Lives Matter, the movement was, you know, at its peak. I think it was over the summer in, in June. June. And it was an amazing time. It was tragic. It that was, was the time the I missed city, New York. The city was electric. Like, oh, my God. I had never seen, I'd never seen protests that, like, like they break all the windows on Housen Street and, like, fucking grab a cooler from CBS. Not that I did that, you know, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> not that, no, that wasn't me, <laughs> but it just felt like, it felt like change, you know, but it also felt like it was, there were so many hard things and hard conversations and my label, actually I have to give them credit. They were like, we're making a compilation album to support Black Lives Matter, do you have something that you can offer? And I didn't. I fucking went through my catalog and I was like, God, I have nothing, you know? Cause I think I always try to like avoid being like preachy or political or who knows what. And Basically so what I, I do just, every day on Instagram. I try to avoid <laughs> it. I, I, I run to it every day. No, morning. I know, but that's why I admire you because I'm I'm afraid to be vulnerable in those aspects of my life. And so anyway, I, I sat down and, and this melody came and I was just, it's just like heartbroken by the whole situation and just thinking again, you know, and just 
just seeing people react in a way that was like not not believing that this was real like people that don't believe that racism is real like it's hard it's hard to relate to that idea and so see me was basically like well now you fucking see me now like how what more has to happen you know and and so that's how that song came about and uh yeah that's it the, the label, that one of the label ones asked me you, to do it was that one of the ones where you sit down and you like you know people always talk about how langston hughes wrote i've known rivers in like 10 minutes and it's like his best poem ever oh wow do you was that one of the ones where like you you feel like it just flowed out interestingly enough yes it just came to me it was it was an earworm of sorts like it wouldn't leave my head Mm. and it was the first song that i've written and recorded that quickly and it just felt like very it was like a sort of something to, that was like comforting me through the, the process of what was happening in the world. So I had asked you this earlier and then, you know, we like each other. So we talked about a million other things. Mm-hmm. But, <laughs> but, um, We're do, girlfriends. It's like, we like each other. Girl. Do, do you, because, okay. Like, you know, the, the, the running joke is that Mary is best when she's depressed. Right. Um, you know, and I, I hate it because I'm mm. let her be happy. For instance, like I started to notice a difference in my Instagram once I wasn't like as angry as I've been in the past. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, like y'all only like like that. Y'all, y'all only like me when I'm when I'm angry. But I create that- that, but I feel like I create better when I'm mm-hmm. happy. Mm. Interesting. And visual art in every aspect of your artistic endeavors or? Every single aspect. Yeah. Like when I'm down. Yeah. I very rarely, I could only think of one time in my life when I was down, 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 down. Okay. I um, asked her to do that. I <laughs> that is a reference to one of my favorite of her album, A Seven. A sad song. Which, by the way, Seven is a perfect album. I told oh. and uh, Brendan this before we came on. I played them selection. What? Stop it. I stop. played them selection. I just don't understand. Um, <laughs> you know, I played them Georgia. Um, and because it's an album, this to me, how, you know, a perfect album is when it's done. If you put it on loop, if you put it on repeat, yeah. When it's done and it starts over, you don't even know. Oh, you're just in the vibe, man. Right. Oh, wow. Thank you. So that's how I, whenever, if, if I can do that with an album, if it can just be on repeat and it's yeah. just, and, and I don't even realize it, I'm like, right. oh, it's it. It's a short album. I think that's But it's really also because it's cohesive in a way that people's music really isn't these days, which is their choice. But I, that's something I really like. But I'm very um, grateful for that. Thank you for liking, for liking I mean, it I feel like so I'm long part, ago. I'm a part of, you know, your anti-insecurity task force. <laughs> 
will I ever get over it? <laughs> I don't know. And I did not know that you had a release in 2019. And so I'm very excited after this because Thanks. I get to listen to uh, your last project. And hold on. Thanks. It was joy in that project. There was joy. I, I like what you said about joy. I, I think it's the, one of the most powerful things ever. I mean, there's no denying it. Like, I don't prefer to be sad. No, I don't. I think... Okay. I, well, some people are like, I'm a struggling yeah. artist. Like I take myself low so I can create and mine from that space. No, I, I don't want to go. I, I, you know, I think often you'll make it, you'll make happy music to get yourself out of being sad, mm-hmm. you know? So it's like, I heard James Taylor say like, yeah, he makes soothing music for his soul. Cause he's so tormented. James you Taylor know? is tormented. I, I am not a direct quote. Okay. But, but, you know, if that's think, what torment looks like, <laughs> I, show me. Yeah. Right. No, I think he had, he had like drug problems back day, like heroin. Yeah. Yeah. Hello. For those who so, don't know, James Taylor is like a folk singer who for yeah. all, I, for, I've never seen him, his voice go above this decibel. <laughs> I just feel like that's I gotta now I gotta do research I mean no yeah for sure it's, well, I will say very... something about, about your songs even your sad songs feel like joy oh like down is a song I mean, about like you're ruining my life and it's like but let's put some snaps in there, you know? Yeah. Like, but I love that because I feel like. What do you listen to more? Do you listen more to sad music or happy or medium? Cool. There, I mean, there's also like attitude music, like put on something to feel cool. I love that kind of music too. So there's that. Like when, like yeah. I definitely have, whenever I'm in my cool vibe, I typically play reggae. Ooh, yeah. Or like dub, like not dubstep. For those who know, not dubstep, but like right. old, like old school, 80s, 70s dub. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I always feel like when I'm in my Jeep and I'm playing that, that I look better. Ooh. Like, I just feel like I look better than everybody else. And I'm like, <laughs> I can't really argue. That. Like, I do. Um, Dude, that's the I would shit. Say, I had to realize that music really does like fuck with my mood, like in a real way. Oh my God. So like I couldn't be as cavalier about Mm. my music choices in the present as I have in the past. And so I've had to be like more thoughtful. Like I was, I was telling folks that I was in the grocery store in Orlando when COVID had like really hit and they were playing Adia by Sarah McLaughlin. And I was like, this is irresponsible. It is irresponsible. (laughs) playing in the middle of a grocery store at two o'clock in the afternoon during a pandemic you're trying to kill me we are born (laughs) believe me we are still innocent (laughs) oh my god that's such a good point i you uh, know yeah go ahead no i i it's there's a you know, my favorite uh, thrift store, Beacon's Closet, 
on 13th Street. Uh-huh. Sometimes they just have, you know, and I get it. It's like you're cool. You're playing like really emo stuff and it's that's the vibe. But damn, it's like, do you want to be depressed while working? Let's put, can you throw some Stevie Wonder on this motherfucker? Listen, throw some Stevie. And, and it's not all the be time. Be particular about your Stevie also because. Don't play you and I. Don't play all is fair in love. Don't yeah. play rocket, uh, rocket love. Don't play superwoman. Don't right. play. I never thought you'd leave in summer. Like there's particular yeah. that you there's a, play with. No, there's heartbreak, and you know, with depending on where you are in your life, you're going to identify with the song more so than others. I mean, I. I've been dealing with some stuff where I, I, you know, I heard an Adele song in Cinderella and I'm like in tears. I'd heard that. How many times have I heard? Never mind. I'll find someone like you. I never listened to that. I never really listened to it, you know? And so it, it is like, it's just this fascinating tool that we have to express our emotions. And we really shouldn't be, I mean, we should use it as, as medicine. You know, that's why you put on Bob Marley. That's why I put on 50 cent, you know, um, that's why I, <laughs> I had, I was like, is she about to say 50 cent? Yes, she is. Yeah. 50 cent, mm-hmm. not 50 cent. <laughs> and that shit made me feel good instantly. And I, I don't know, like, but I am house. writing some sad ass songs right now. Well, that's, what I was going to ask you, like, what have you been writing lately? I'm writing sad songs, man. But what, is I, the, what they're sad as relating to the world, sad as relating to romance, like. Sad as relating to romance in this particular moment. Did you yeah. get broken up with? There's some stuff, you know, it's not not broken up with, but like I'm definitely in a place I've never been in a relationship. And uh, and it just says, you know, dealing with loneliness and things like that and everything that COVID has brought upon us. But um, it's... I do have those thoughts though. I, I think I don't really want to put out all this sad music and bring people down, but at the, there is a moment for it within your day. If you choose, I wouldn't recommend stay, staying there forever, but it and feels good. You don't make sad music. That's what I'm trying to tell you. <laughs> like you make music that may be about sadness sometimes, but it's not sad music. That's like, it. I have a playlist called Sad White Girl Music, okay? Mm-hmm. Now, mm-hmm. even though your father is Black and you are white passing and you make music that is about sadness, that doesn't mean that you would <laughs> you would not apply to this list. Uh, you are hilarious. Um, <laughs> thank you for pointing out my heritage. I appreciate that. Because it's a secret, it remains a secret until somebody says, what are you? And then I have to explain. So, so. You and Tori. I feel like. Oh, my God. Like, okay, so let me break it down for you. Um, I don't know. It does, but it, I just, you, I, yeah. I don't. I urge all of our listeners to listen to your catalog and, and correct me if I'm wrong. Because <laughs> I feel like, you know, that's the case. Now, you said that the last project had a lot of joy in it. Um. What was it about that project that, that, you know, gave you joy? I mean, scenery, mm-hmm. like your the titles never really tell us anything. So, you know. Right, so. right. Sure. Yeah. I, in that moment, I had moved out of my mother's house apartment where I had been, you know, 
staying <laughs> with her. <laughs> and she needed a break. I moved upstate. I, just like you said, you needed nature. So did I. Like, I had to get out of the city. The city at that point was just so ambitious, like, to a point of no return. I mean, so everybody's trying to make it. There's all yeah. this finance, financial people and all, no offense to finances, but I just had to get out. I moved upstate. I, I learned how to drive. I bought a little car from Joe Conti at Nissan Kingston. And... <laughs> You know, you know, managed to drive it off the lot. I just felt this incredible rush of adventure that I had never felt just being in the city, you know. And so that kind of spawned the the songs that are on there. This is a song called Remind Me that that I just wrote about, like, having, I don't know, I just had this feeling of, like, you know, in the morning when you have your coffee and you're like, anything can happen today. It's Everything's possible. I had that feeling, but all throughout the day, even at night. And That's so, oh, so dope. I, I, you know, it's like in that scenario, you I had hopefulness. That's what I that had is. Hopefulness from a change, from from like putting myself in a different situation, and but now it's like, well, how do you find that feeling without moving to a place? Because now I just think, oh, I have to move somewhere to be happier. Well, I can tell you one tip. Yeah. Paint a wall. Paint a wall. Yeah. And if you don't want to paint it, um, like you can kind of like get drapery and tack it up. But that oh. is a game changer. And it's and, not and a lot of money. Like paint makes is you not feel a, different. It literally will change your whole home in like Beautiful. a second. Like I painted a wall. Like I had the same bedroom since I had moved in here and I had never wanted to paint in, the, in this house. And I was typically, I was used to white walls and I was just like, fuck it. I'm going to paint one of these walls, like a seafoam green. And, uh, and then I did it. And that's it, pretty. It, it is like it. And, it, and every time you walk in that room, it's my bedroom. And every time you walk yeah. in, it feels lighter. Yeah. I used to live when I lived in New York, I had the great idea that I was going to paint my apartment orange. Okay, and that's cute. No. No. It's the not. Whole thing. My whole living room was orange. And it's like, that's cute if we were doing like a special on TV, but it's like to live in. And so I went <laughs> like, it's just, it's too much. I went and I went through like this traumatic experience and I would sit in my living room and it would just be like, neek, 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 neek. and I'd be right. like, why can't I relax. Like, why can't I? And then I realized like, bitch, you can't relax because your home isn't relaxing. Ah. You're in the hell. Ooh. These are the flames and fires of hell. And they're totally. burning you alive. Totally. So I painted it light blue. And how was it? Was it instant change? Instant change for two reasons. One, because the color is serene. But mm. two... Because the action of changing your space alone is inspiring. Mm. Like it, 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 it like picks you up. Like I did it. I did that. You know, I have a therapist now and she told me to nest. So I should have just waited till I spoke with you. <laughs> <laughs> Save me some money. I mean, it's but... just, 
I feel like we're having to be like I when I had met, hold on, this dog. Come here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When I met Herbie Hancock, he was like, mm. everyone is creative. Everyone's an artist. And I was like, let's ease it back, Herbs. Um, <laughs> like, come on, you're being too generous. And everyone's an artist. He was like, no, because listen, life requires creativity to even figure out how to live it, how to manage within it. So he was mm. like, you know, everyone may not be creating in the same context, but to actually live, you re- it requires creativity. And I really believe that right now, innovation across a multitude of spaces, whether it's mm-hmm. our own living space and our wellness, our businesses, like as a comedian, the people who are going to make it out of here as a, and still be a comic are the ones who are like actively figuring out how do I still tell jokes mm. if I don't have like the stage time I used to have. Mm-hmm. Yes. How do I still keep, you know, adapting, adapting, right? Yes. And, um, I believe that too. I mean, creativity, what Herbie said. Do you, you know? what, do you write with a, your guitar more or with your piano more? Or like, is it more, usually do you like just write it out by yourself? I write with a guitar mostly oftentimes because I do have limitations there. I'll just, you know, I'll start with a baseline. I, I think that's like a lot of fun. I was, I wrote a song recently where I was just cutting up some cheese in the kitchen. Okay. You know, so that's my new instrument, cheese. So, and was it a Huda or uh, was it a Manchego? You know, I'm a little embarrassed to say it was vegan cheese. Fair. And I'm, fair. Not, I'm not vegan, though. I'm not it was vegan. Daya or cashew cheese? Daya, baby. <laughs> you, how did you know? You're in LA, of course. I have to be so. vegan now, and I hate it. Oh, you are day. vegan? But I'm, Daya I'm is bullshit good. Vegan. I'm bullshit right. vegan. I'm vegan on weekdays. Yeah. But you got a glow. You got that vegan glow. Do I? You look, you look healthy. Yes. No, this is yes. brown highlighter dick. <laughs> I no, but you know, day and was just like, I need some sun. Like, I just feel like I'm sallow because we're just uh, like right. in uh, the house. And LA sun is not the same as tropical sun. Is that right? Yeah. Like, it's, um, mm-hmm. it's I think also dry. it's fighting through smog. So it, right. it doesn't really get you. Like when I see people yeah. bathing in LA, I'm like, cut the shit. Like you're not. <laughs> right. This isn't, happen- this isn't happening. really. Nothing's happening there. No, it's hot, no. but nothing. But nothing's like actually like happening. So, so to close this out, what are As a songwriter, I mean, we talked about everything under the sun, but as a songwriter, what to you makes a song finished? Like, when do you feel like, all right, let's record? Like, do you oftentimes like change the lyrics while you're recording or do you show up with like, this is what it is? I like to allow myself the time to have a clean perspective on something. So, you know, sleeping, spending a night without it, waking up to it. Mm-hmm. That really gives you a fresh uh, perspective. And I think it's important to really be okay with not liking it and not being ready 
with it and and like having faith that it is going to come together because it can deter you the amount of uh kind of bad ideas that come come in within the process but i think you just know you just know when a story is complete um it's important for me like i said with the language it i literally want it to sing well you know so i like try to choose the words the right words that will like sound good and coming out of the voice mm-hmm. and uh yeah it just there's, Are there any particular words that don't sound good? <laughs> like, I learned my lesson with that one and I'm not doing right, it again. Right. Um, I wish my recollection was better, but yes, I mean, there are some ugly ass words out there, you know, that's why people, they say love, heart, they stick with the same stuff. But it's round, love, heart. Yeah, stay, you know, yeah. all these like open words and. Because, um, you know, as a comic, there's words that we know are funny. Typically, oh, okay. Typically words that have a K sound, like for some Is reason. Is that right? Yeah. So like in my special, I say, um, I, I talk about how like black women give compliments and I'm like, we'll just look at you and tell you what we see. And like, that's the compliment. And so in right. that moment, there was a woman to my left in red and there was a woman to my right in polka dots. And I had to make the split second decision of who I was going to call out. Um, but polka dot is just a funnier word. Even if I go red polka dot is still just a funnier sounding word. And so I went, okay, polka dots. And it's become like, wow, that's so interesting. And in that moment you made that decision. Yeah. I mean, it's like, yeah, I I found that when I was writing jokes, I employ a lot of the same tools that I use when I was writing music. Yeah. Wow. Okay. The musicality of the joke. Um, is what yeah. ends up having a lot of people be able to ride along with it and memorize it. And I used to really yeah. dream when I was a musician, like, oh, people are going to know my lyrics. And now it's more like people know my jingles and like they know my jokes. But I think that comes from the songwriter space, you know, and to your point, yeah. like, how does it sound? Like, does it, you know, yeah. like. Yeah. And, and absolutely. Those two things are different. There's so much. So many parallels, you know, and that make them sort of the same crack. But I do find the goal ultimately is to sit. You want to sync up the lyric and the sentiment and the melody. Just if those three things come together, it's magic, you know, and, and like, how do I make this? How do I give this the emotion without it sounding uh, formulaic. Cause you don't want people to listen to a song and say, oh, she put this together like a, you know, like a recipe. Like a Lego set, yeah. Yeah, and it's, so there has to be, I mean, the, you have to feel whatever you're talking about. You really have to feel that first. And then hopefully, that's why it's good to improvise because you don't have time to overthink stuff and the melody comes out at, at and, it, and it's explaining the feeling right away. And then, you know, sometimes for me, it's like, okay, now I just got to get the words to match that feeling. And it's like swimming together. So uh, basically, I don't know what I'm doing. Yes, you do. Yes, you That's do. That's what I, it all boils down to. Just like, 
I just give thanks every time it, it works out, you know, but well, it, we, it is. Go ahead. Go ahead. It's, it's fun. I mean, it can be really fun. Have you done any like songwriting or collaborating like over zoom? Like during this no, time? No, I, I haven't. I'm, you know, I'm a little bit, I'm not like uh, collaborating enough with people. I'm, I usually write by myself and I'm afraid that it's not going to work out sometimes. I'm just being honest. Do you know Ray Angry? Yes. Do you ever work with Ray? Years ago, right around when I met you, I met Ray because the label put us together. Ray is like literally a ray of light. Oh. And I wonder... I don't know. I just feel like that should be revisited because. Oh, that's cool. You all have very like just open energies and Ray is the kind of person that's like, man, like what what are we going to do, man? You know, it's like, what do we. Those are the best kind of collaborators. Yeah. Just there's an enthusiasm there. I can go to Ray and be like, okay, so what I'm thinking is imagine a musical, but not a musical. Okay. And then (laughs) the song, like, and then like, and then like Curtis Mayfield. Right. And then give it like the good roots, give it the roots of like um Shaka. And he's like, got it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's awesome. That is so fun. I can I have I've gone to him with that, and then I've come to him with like, okay, I'm gonna do a song called Niggas Got Me Fucked Up, but I don't want it to feel like angry. <laughs> I just want it to feel right. declarative. And he's like, got it. He's like, I know exactly what you're talking about. And he'll about. sit on the phone with me. And pluck mm-hmm. things out. Like, see, just- that's wonderful. I mean, I think that it's a blessing to have somebody. I mean, we, we don't do it alone. I mean, I, I often, well, I am alone a lot of the time, but, um, you know, I, I, I am I, alone. I am actually alone. But man, so much great music has come from collaboration. It is a magic, magical thing. Truly. But it's scary and I, because, no, listen, also, it's scary. I mean, I, you know, if you've ever had happened. a bad haircut, which I have right now, but I, yeah, it is kind of scary. I used to go to the barber shop when I had that undercut. I used to go to the barber shop. They give me the. Sometimes it was busy, and they give you the barber that nobody wants. Okay, Ooh. and then you're like, we. This is a collaboration now, <laughs> and then, and it doesn't always work out. But it, yeah, thank you. I. I would like my my New Year's resolution. One of them was to be more collaborative. And what stopped you in the past was your own insecurity about will they like it? You know, I I it really I am a little bit um, traumatized from that development experience that I had years ago, where it was just like I. I went in to collaborate with so many people and I really lost, I lost myself. I kind of allowed myself to, to, to get lost. And, uh, so, you know, I got, I got issues. You girl got some baggage here. Yeah. But I also really enjoy writing. I write, I really enjoy writing by myself too. So. Yes. And that's the thing. Like, I, I like hearing you say that because I honestly feel like, a lot of times there's this kind of guilt people give around like wanting to do something by yourself. And I've had to become honest with myself, like that I like working solo. 
Yes. Like yes. that's okay. You know, like I like working solo. I like right. being the boss in my creative endeavors. Like I've worked in partner scenarios and realized like, oh, I don't like this. And not mm-hmm. because I think I'm better than the other person, but it just gets sticky in ways that I'm not like my disposition doesn't really handle. And if I have a creative vision for something, I know what that is. And I don't want to have to convince. Mm. And a lot of times mm-hmm. if you're in a 50, 50 scenario, you're like, you know, you're both playing that compromise and convincing. Yeah. And I'm like, there isn't even dick involved in this. Like, what am I, what I just, I don't right. know. You. Right. So, I, I thank you because yes, I even just now, you know, felt a little bit guilty about saying, Hey, I like to work by myself. No, fuck that. Then you work by yeah. yourself. No, that's, that's your process. Myself. I feel like, you know, being able to be honest about your process is mm. the first real step to like owning, like how you manifest things and how you get things going. And like, I definitely feel like women in particular are made to feel like mm-hmm. we can't do things by ourselves. So, you know, so, and when we do, there seems to always kind of this be this, this, um, assumption like, well, no, but like, who else was there? Like, you know, and it's like, well, no, I mean, I didn't, I didn't churn the butter and then make the, you know what I mean? And then, and you Mm -hmm. know, there were other Mm -hmm. aspects of this, but I was the visionary in the, in the creating of this piece. And I, I feel like be okay. Um, yeah, absolutely agree. I, do you I do. have any idea of, or do you have any desire or vision to complete a project during this time? I do. I, I going back to the, uh, the idea of self, mm. self, 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 I've never like put out a project on my own, you know, and so I'm working on, I'm working on sort of like a, I'm, I'm trying to be okay with myself and my, my sort of imperfections. And my friend Ben Kane, who I mentioned earlier, was a great, he's a Grammy award winning mixer uh, from D'Angelo. Oh, Messiah. The Vanguard. Yes. And so he's got an amazing studio in Brooklyn. He's been letting me go there. And what I really want to do is put out like a, a little collection of songs. That's just a natural uh, sit down, play the song on guitar and sing and just let that be what it is. Cause when, since I've been working, I work from home. I, I do all of the editing on my vocals and you, you allow yourself a little too much time and you can overdo it. And I always try to make everything sound very perfect and, and I think there's something to the imperfection in music. I mean, that's what makes it beautiful, isn't it? Well, there's also something to the imperfection in you. And that's what makes you beautiful. Thank you. You see it right now. <laughs> I mean, you see it. You know, it's, it's right in front of you, girl. I appreciate that. <laughs> no, right. she is. She is not lying. Okay, I wasn't everyone. ready. You are Emily fabulous. Sitting here in a no. Uh, what, what color is like a mustard? It's, it's, it's yellow that's been washed with other colors, so it's now <laughs> mustard. 
I'm with it. The last dose. Well, I, you know, I've been a fan from day one and um likewise. I really just again appreciate your I, I appreciate your attention to detail. I appreciate your um, your quality control and excellence. And it's so apparent in your music. And at a time where I feel like so much of music is just thrown out into the world just for the sake of, um, it's like mass, it's like mass, it's like being made in mass versus like being made to create a piece of work that lasts. Like it just feels, it's like, um, you know, it, it feels like fast fashion, mm-hmm. you know, like when H and M and all these companies started making fast fashion, it was like, this is not about making like art or pieces. This is about just like getting things out there that you can just interchange and, and you wear it once and you get rid of it. And that's what music for me feels like a lot of times. And when you, you know, but someone like you, um, it just doesn't ever feel that way. And I would love to have you back whenever that project is done because we've started doing episodes of this show. So this show, this episode is side effects of songwriting, but we started doing um particular episodes about songs. Oh so wow. Side, side effects of a song. So the first one we did was uh Jasmine Sullivan's uh song on her album Hotels, uh Girl Like Me, mm. featuring her. And so nice. I break down, I break down the song and like, you know, I talk about the lyrics and I talk about the arrangement and I talk about like what the mess, how the message speaks to a bigger conversation, et cetera. So I would love to I do love that. that. I got to hear that. Oh, thanks. I would love that. That sounds fun. Yeah. But stick with it. Um, Thank I, you, I, I, I know this is like a wild time. You can hit me anytime. And well, you're my new therapist. I just, as we were talking, I texted my old one that she's fired. We had a guest on the show, Jessica Lanyedo, and she's an astrologist, a psychic. She's many things, but she has a podcast called Ghost of a Podcast. And even mm-hmm. if you're not into astrology, right. it ends up being therapy. Okay. It's, I, I sent me the link. I'm gonna send no, you. No, I gotta hear. I gotta hear this. No, I just. It am- ends up being therapy. She just has mm-hmm. like a nature about her that's just like mm-hmm. we can all heal, and it's like a thing that we gotta do. And shit is gonna be shitty right now, and it's fine. Like uh. we're gonna have to get through it. And what I like about it is that it's not trying to pull the wool over your eyes. Like, oh, shit is not that bad. Of course, yes, it is. Right. Right. Yes, it is, and and we can acknowledge, acknowledge what's happening. Mm-hmm. without drowning in it so and then even if you are drowning in it she's like we got to learn how to swim um i love that i love yeah. that i love people like that and you are one of those people no oh, emily yes you are you make Thank the world you. a better place you made you gave me a better time today Yay. and I, i'm just so happy that we ran into each other on mcdougal street on mcdougal street <laughs> Our new Broadway show yeah. on McDougal Street. On McDougal Street. Featuring <laughs> Wu Tang. And then Quest Love. It's all possible, you know? Honestly, though, I really believe after the pandemic, anything will be possible. <laughs> anything. anything. Are we going to go crazy? Are people going to lose their damn minds? Yes. Like in a good way? Yes. 
That's why my goal is like, just keep it together as much as you can. Together right now. Keep creating yeah. as much as you can. Because when this shit is done, people are going to be excited. like, oh my God, what the And I'm like, well, I have four musicals for you. So. <laughs> Here you go. Here you go. Like, uh, I also no. know Chinese and I uh, speak uh, Latin. And I'm a yogi. Yeah. So <laughs> certified. It's like Neo in the Matrix. That's how I feel right now. <laughs> Just like give, give me that info. Yes. Osmosis. Well, yes. keep writing. I can't wait to hear this next project. Everyone who's listening, please listen to uh, Emily's Au revoir of work. Girl, and, thank you um, so much. And the first thing I'm going to do right now is start listening to Scenery. Hey. Oh, my God. Thank you, girl. So nice talking to you. You too. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Thanks for coming. <laughs> a, podca- <clears throat> a podcast network.